Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hey guys, so just a quick overview here on Panthera Advisors, as I think it might be of value to you. So Panthera Advisors exist in order to help founders that are in the process of raising capital or get their company acquired. I actually started the company out of incredible frustration because during my entrepreneurial journey, which involved building, financing, scaling, and exiting companies, I could not find a resource that was founder-friendly and I could not get the type of support that I was seeking. So as a result, I made a ton of mistakes along the way. So if you're looking to raise capital, or you are looking to get your company acquired, or just need some sound financial planning, and you're looking to get the best possible outcome in the shortest period of time, feel free to learn more by visiting us at pantheraadvisors.com, or just reach out directly and shoot me a note at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, Deal Maker Show. So today we have someone really exciting, someone that uh, I think is going to teach us quite a bit on, on building and scaling companies, and, and someone as well that, uh, that is a foreign entrepreneur, you know, at least uh, raised in, in outside of the U.S., even though he was born in the U.S. Um, but anyhow, I guess without further ado, I'd like to welcome Seju Young. Welcome to the show today. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, it's my honor that I am invited and I can share my rough journey over Noom. Thank you. The rough journey. That's all about in entrepreneurship. You got to embrace it. Seju, so born in America, but then you moved to South Korea to a fishing town. Why, why was that? Yeah, um, I moved back to Korea when I was like 14 months. So literally, I have no memory about America. But I was lucky enough that I was born in America, so I can't. Ha I don't have any uh, visa issues that I can. Um, I could come back to the United States, but I, in my heart, is Korea is my hometown, and I was raised in a fishing town. It's called Yosu, beautiful, beautiful town in South Korea. My father uh, had a residency in medical center in America. That's how I was born, but um, I moved back to South Korea. Got it. And there, obviously, in the family, everyone really involved with 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 healthcare and and with being doctors or having medical backgrounds and then you go off and 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 go into engineering what happened <laughs> that's a short but very good summary of my life so yeah so uh in my family we have like 29 doctors uh, medical doctors in my family so we are quite big uh doctors like in a typical doctor family that's my family legacy uh, my father and my grandfather, my uncles, they found uh, the, the first general hospital in our town. And that's our family legacy. And that's how I was exposed about like the real world since like the beginning of my life. The, the hospital and medical field was like the thing all the time. So I was planning to become a doctor, but I, I, I'm a black sheep. So I didn't pursue that, 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 that route but I became an entrepreneur because I had a lot of passion in music. And also my personality is kind of, I like people. I like to convincing people. I like to sell. So I think that naturally brought me to uh, startup. Uh, when I started, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a terminal called startup, but I, you know, business is my life. 
and I've been exposed to business since 19. And uh, first business I started when I was freshman. And uh, yeah, let me pause it here. But uh, that's how my background was like that. And before we go into the first business, because I, I think that your background is is remarkable. So I'd like to go like a, a bit by bit so that, you know, the, the listeners can really go through memory lane, you know, with you as you walk us all through it. But but why engineering? Like what, what got you really into problem solving? Um, so my father was a great medical doctor and I had a very good relationship with him. I mean, I will tell you why. And my father told me that, you know, being a doctor is a great job, but uh, it's not scalable because he needs to take care of, he was a surgeon, right? So he was an OBGYN surgeon. So he had a lot of operation every day, but he said, it's really hard to scale his service. And uh, he cannot help that many people because he's occupied with time, right? So he, he, he commented his job is highly paid manual labor job. That's a doctor. And I mean, it's not, he didn't say being a doctor is bad. It's just like he wanted to help more lives and more people, more patients, but he cannot. So he encouraged me to think about being an entrepreneur because if I build a service, then a service can uh, be scalable and help more people and make a bigger impact than on professionals operating the business. That's what he told me all the time. So that I think that was the first uh, the, the, the question that he gave me. And then I think that led me to become an entrepreneur too. Really cool. And you obviously started your, your first business at the same time you were in university. So, uh, so what triggered you starting your own business? Very simple. I've been a uh, heavy metal still. I'm, I'm a huge heavy metal rock music fan. And in Korea, that music was like not the popular one, probably in the United States as well, but I was a huge fan of heavy metal. So at college, I, I, I listened to a lot of American band music. Uh, I, I purchased a CD. I'm the generation that I, 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 I listened to CD and, and then MP3 like that, uh, streaming music. But um, getting a music uh, the, the, it was very difficult because I had to go travel to importing, uh, importing good like the retail store and I paid overpriced uh, the, the music. And it was not kind. And um, that that bothered me so much. So I wanted to do better than them. That's how I found the company, to be honest. So the, my first business was out of a frustration, but it was quite successful. So let's talk about the, the company and how you build it up. Like, I mean, it was a couple of years that you spent building this business, which it was called Buy Hard Productions. Is that right? Yeah, because it was so hard to buy. So I, <laughs> it was so hard to buy the hard rock, hard music. So, you know, that's how, that's how I made a company and buy hard. So, so tell us about how you build this business and, and what the life of the business looked like. So I, so I got an idea about let's do better service than the importing uh, the, the retailers and also apply the online because by the time online, like we all remember .com, like everything was like converting to online. So I merged that two things. Number one, the niche market for hard music, hard rock and heavy metal, jazz, classic music lovers can have a great service of online and much cheaper than uh, they could get from retail store. And that's how I, uh, I figured product market fit. And it was quite successful. So from day one, it was profitable, made a few million dollars right over at the first year. So uh, as a college student, 19 years old, that was a pretty good start. And I discovered about entrepreneurship. So I did not plan so much, to be very frank, but 
I followed my unfiltered the passion, and I discovered the problem as a user, and that led me to the the. I was lucky. I was extremely lucky that I figured the product market fit relatively quick and all quickly, and also you know, with the little dollars. Given where we are now, Noom, and what I learned the last ten years at uh, in America, the the VC back startup, tech startup. Oh yeah. my God, the figuring the product market is so difficult, right? But uh, I was lucky that I figured quite quickly at the first business. So that's a good part. The downside is, no matter how much success people are, people were addressing me. I achieved success at an early age, but I didn't feel that way. All the not at all. So I was wondering why I am not happy. When I achieve something, some people call me that it's quite successful, my business. So I was wondering what's missing. And then uh, eventually I figured the mission part was missing. Mission means um, the true reason that I am devoting my life for something that I, I'm doing every day, which is work. So that part was missing, I think. I, I, I like to have metal, but have metal is not, listening to have metal, go to concert is not my life mission. So I figure it is so important important to figure the mission uh, when I engage my business. That's that's the discovery that I did. Of course, of course, and I think that we all as as human beings go through that process of really understanding, you know, why we're here. You know, what's the what's the purpose of us being in this world? So, so I, I like to perhaps, you know, like we can go into that once we once we touch on on Noom, but but I'd like to ask you here, like, what whatever happened with By Heart Productions? What was the outcome? So the business was good, and then I was doing it well. But uh, one day I felt like, you know, like I, I remember that I was doing well, the business was good, and um, I, I felt like everything was so perfectly nice. I felt like I was the luckiest man in the world. But uh, when I was feeling good about uh, myself and the business, one day I got a call from my mother, and uh, she shared uh, some uh, bad news that my father was uh, not doing well. He was ill. So I was kind of like, I, I kind of sensed that it's, it's really bad news because otherwise she would not call me up. And then I took the train down and I met my father and then um, and I heard that he got a lung cancer that um, eventually he passed away because of um, we discovered that too late. He never smoked and uh, he was, he was, uh, uh, he helped so many lives as a doctor, but Ironically, um, he got the lung cancer, deadly ill, and then he passed away. So that gave me the opportunity to think about my life. And I had a great time with my father until uh, the end of my father's journey. And then uh, he gave me a lot of good questions about life. So that actually guided me to think about why I'm here and what should I do with my life and uh, the business. And that helped me to think about I want to stick with um what I uh, care about my life, the mission, and uh, apply my talent to do it right. So that's how I felt. And uh, I applied to the military because all Korean uh, men has to serve for the army anyway. So I went to the military. I served for three years. And I finished my uh, military duty. And as soon as I discharged from the government, the, um, I dropped out of college and came to the United States because... I knew that I already have seen a big world and I studied uh, electrical engineering at previous school. But if I pursued that career, then I would join like Samsung or LG Electronics, which is a very good company, very good. But uh, I didn't have a passion. I didn't have a mission on um, doing that work. And, 
and I have seen the big old as like a I mean, small company but employer myself. So I I but I always felt like being in Korea for a small business owner uh, that will not uh, gave me the big opportunity. And also, again, I just said like I need to pursue uh, my t- uh, life toward like what I really care, and I can uh, over the work I can uh, deliver the great mission. So that led me come to United States, New York City. Got it. And and I guess uh, just to close the chapter of buy hard. So did you sell the business or did you close it down or what did you do? So I sold the company, but actually, you know what? I actually uh, handed it over to my competitor <laughs> because by the time I made enough money, to be very frank, and also I lost the interest to uh, money was not my interest by the time. And also if I sell the company, then it, the M&A does not work that well in Korea anyway. So I, I was looking for who can handle my business the best and it's my competitor. That way my users can continue to receive a good service. So I hand it over to my competitor. That's how I um, uh, smoothly uh, uh, manage my transition from heavy metal record label owner and and CEO toward like uh, come to United States. So in this case, you were, you kind of like walked us through the process. So you sold this business, you handed over to your competitor, then you you did the military. uh, And obviously, you know, the... um, the, the passing as well of, of your father and and then you landed in the US. And 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 one thing that is true is that as human beings when when we go through these events where where you know we lose a, a loved one or when you know an event of this nature happens, it's kinda like life is slapping you across the face and, and, right. and many, many things into perspective. So I guess in this case, you know, perhaps that um, you know, gave you some sense of or, or some type of perspective that you didn't have before, and and we've been talking about the life purpose and and the and the and the mission of why we're here in the world. So so what was what was what was, what did you end up you know understanding that it was your life purpose? So such a good comment, by the way, and thank you. It is true that that the difficult life event gave me the opportunity to think about what is what is the priority in my life and why I'm here, and what should I do? I was very young, and very young. I was 21 years old. So I was like, and after I finished my major, I was only 24. So I felt like there's an amazing like journey I can um, take and uh, what my father achieved, although he had a very short life, but he influenced a lot. He made a big impact to public health care. So I got a lot of good inspiration, and then I figured... Let me come to the United States. That way I can test myself and uh, receive the challenge that I can discover my talent. And I wanted to uh, uh, learn about what I'm good at. And second, uh, going global market, which is United States. In New York City, it's very internationally uh, friendly. That's how I came. And third, healthcare. Because, yes, probably I get a lot of influence from my family and my father. And also, also, like, I was curious about why we spend so much dollars for our own health, but the old money and efforts are heavily concentrated to the later stage, which is acute condition management. And eventually, uh, eventually when people die, they spend most of dollars. So I feel like why not we are spending dollars and effort for prevention when we are not sick, when we can handle and prevent and or 
uh, avoid any chronic conditions and also like uh, you know uh, the acute conditions. And I was curious about that, and I, I simply apply my entrepreneurial style or uh, the, the 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 problem solving mind, and that's how I discover uh, the the healthcare business, and that's how I found Noom. Got it. And right before uh, starting Noom, you had um. You know, we as founders, you know, we all have uh, our successes and our failures. But I think that you had a, another attempt uh, at entrepreneurship with a Broadway show. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's kind of a dark, my uh, dark story, to be frank, but I, I don't mind to share about it. So I came to America and I actually had no English background. Uh, I still have some uh, English problem, but I really had no English background by the time. So I spent two years to learn about English and also learn about American manner and culture like that. And I needed to engage some professional work because I was I got bored about just learning English and I wanted to do something. So I I was in contact with because I was I did my uh, music business in South Korea, so I was in contact with a lot of professionals. And Broadway musical show are very by the time still uh, uh, very much loved by Asian uh, audience. So I was thinking like, what if we export the the Broadway musical show, the older crew? in a step and uh, to uh, the local market so they can enjoy the original Broadway musical show. And that was the concept and actually launched that. And it was quite successful in the beginning. But the managing the company and concerts and the show, uh, again, I faced the difficulty on like, it was not my passion. So the mission was not matching with my effort. So I, 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 I still remember every night I felt like, what am I doing now? <laughs> am I just working hard to make money, which is not the reason I'm here? So I had a lot of gap between my mission and um, the daily work. So I lost my interest. Eventually also, I had a difficult time with my investors from South Korea. So I decided to drop that. Got it. So what did you do? Did you just uh, hand it over to a competitor or did you just like close it all together? <laughs> I closed my, so the, the, there was a headquarter in South Korea and I, 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 and, um, I, I, I closed the shop from United States. So I, I let them manage the, the business. So I dropped the project. Got it. So obviously when, when you go through a phase like this, and, and you were uh, alluding to this, that it was a, a dark period for you as an entrepreneur, which we all go through them, by the way. Uh, it was, uh, I guess, I guess during these times is when someone really gets to to, to learn about them th themselves uh, and then also to really get incredible uh, lessons that they can apply for the future. Um, so I guess, what were those lessons for you? Such a good question. So number one, I decided to, I'm not going to engage any work that I, um, the work does not align with my uh, uh, life mission. So number two, I did not, I, I do not want to work with uh, people who is just only working for the money, I want to say. And third, I didn't want to work on um, the, uh, the, the, the music or uh, the, Broadway show industry. Not that the industry is wrong or bad. I I, I just figured I am not the best person that I can uh, perform uh, well. So that's the thing that I learned in a very painful way. But it actually helped me to uh, learn about like an American uh, business professionals, how they work, and they gave me the confidence I can actually execute and get things done. So that actually helped me to 
do my own business again. And that's how I debuted uh, Noom. That's how I found the company eventually. Got it. And one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm also, you know, raised outside of the U.S. And, and, and obviously for me, it was kind of like a culture shock as well coming to the U.S. and, and getting adjusted to, to different ways of, of, of doing business and, and the way you would communicate or, or things like that. But I guess for you, what was the, um, the most shocking one um, that you eventually, you know, got to learn, you know, and, and adjust to? In a good way, actually, the, the culture difference, actually, that I got, like, Korea is kind of like homogeneous country, right? It's all fulfilled with the Korean people, all Asians, and speak Korean. So I was always like literally like ninety nine point nine percent like I was I was crowded by Korean people, like all Asian, Korean, not even Japanese, like all Korean. So that was good. But as I came to United States in New York, I felt like oh my god, like it's like. <laughs> So many different uh, the national background and different race, and it was awesome. I loved it. I still love it. I think that's the one of the best reasons I love this city, New York, and uh, the posh side of the United States because they are they very open to uh, the foreigners, and um, um, they are like, I mean, I don't know, it's just like different. I never experienced it that way. The, the, the true diversity. So that was uh, the number, the first immediate difference, the cultural difference I had. And second, there are so many entrepreneurs in the United States, so many entrepreneurs compared to South Korea, meaning like startup guy. So yeah. that was the, that was also very cool. And third, different capital. The capital was like, again, because of diversity, there are a lot of capital from like Europe, Asia, obviously in America, uh, are flooded into New York City. So I figure like, wow, if I have a great idea, right, with a great team that I can raise capital because there are people are looking for the, the new venture and they want to invest. So the investment, the ecosystem is very well uh, established here in uh, America, in uh, New York City, right? So investment ecosystem with entrepreneurs, very good. So that's what I learned. Absolutely. You know, New York, definitely like a United Nations of its own, you know, just I like agree. what you were saying. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent for sure. For sure. And and even better than that is that in New York, you have the best of the best from all over the world because getting to the city is very difficult uh, because it's difficult to get here, especially if you don't have the visa and all of those papers. But Getting to stay here is even tougher. So, uh, so really cool. So let's talk about Noom, um, Seju. So, so we were talking about the life purpose. We were talking about uh, more the idea of preventing rather than getting to curing. Uh, when we're thinking about you know health and 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 what people you know like realize it's, it's kind of late and, and they really need to spend a lot of money on that to really put a correction. But but let's talk about Noom. How did the idea of Noom come about? Of course. Um, my, I met a lot of, uh, people in uh, being in New York city. So I met a bunch of new people. I was invited to, I hope many networking events. I also held many events and I met my current co-founder, Artem Petakov at random event. And, um, I fell in love with him because his idea and his attitude and his, uh, intelligence, his uh, humble manner. I really admired him. And then I asked, let's meet again. And I met him and then 
We stayed until 4 a.m. We were chatting, discussing ideas. He, by the way, his background is he's a, a Ukraine, uh, Ukraine background, Ukraine American. Um, and uh, we had a lot of uh, similar interesting about like uh, the immig- uh, immigrants and um, the tech startup and um, the 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 cultural difference, but you know family value. We 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 shared a lot of mutual interests, and then we became a best friend each other. Um, and uh, six months later, we started to think about like uh, he was working for Google. He was a tech lead at Google Map in New York City office. And he became my best friend by then. And um, I I was sharing the ideas, uh, what do you see from Google? And he said, well, Seiju, there are so many good engineers and good product people with a lot of resource. So it's great at Google. But it's very strange that once I step out from the office, I am now um, uh, taking up fitness classes and it's very expensive. I'm making a lot of money that I think I'm overly paid and uh, I, I'm taking personal training service and it's so expensive to afford it. And, and I wonder why it's so expensive and maybe this is why people do not invest in uh, the prevention area. And as soon as I hear that, I was like, we should do the business. <laughs> and then we spent another like eight months to one year to think about the market. And we did a lot of research and we figured as, as, as we spend time on healthcare, we figure like, oh my God, we spend so much dollars for our own healthcare and uh, out of our salaries, a lot of chunk of money go to like in healthcare right away. And the experience at healthcare industry is not so great. So I was, and he and I, we were like, we, we should have fixed this problem. And we had a lot of research again. And then we found, we, we concluded the problem is came from, there are many companies, but it's not companies, not end user and user focused product driven company. Again, we thought and still we think a lot of healthcare companies are not focusing to end user and uh, uh, the targeted service oriented and are not driven by product driven people. So we had a theory that let's build a company that is fulfilled with the product driven uh, um, the, the the people problem solving peoples and. Uh, let's build a service that actually delivers the outcome to end users. Because we figure a lot of healthcare companies are, uh, they are getting paid by different stakeholders, but they are not building a service because there's some distance between service provider and end users, which is patients. So that was our theory, and that's how we found the company. So then in this case, what would you say that really made this, uh, because obviously everything starts with on the friendship side and, and choosing, you know, the co-founder wisely is probably the best decision that one can make before going into business. But I guess in this case, you guys went from the friendship to more of the professional side. And, and, and what would you say uh, really made this partnership work so magically? Like what, what did you bring to the table and what did Artem bring to the table? So um, I think I spent like, an, you know, I'm, <laughs> Artem told me that I'm like street smart, which I think I am. And I see Artem is like, I call him Dr. Petakov because he's so smart and genius to me. And he's actually very, very smart and he learned fast. 
So we complement each other for sure, 100%. And uh, so he's a product genius and uh, he's a smart man. And I'm like a, the driver. I, you know, my energy is kind of like quite high and I'm like, let's do it. So, I, and then I'm kind of money guy. I, 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 I know how to raise capital. I know how to exit money. So that's how we, it was very natural, like the marriage. And then um, one day, Artem shared the book. He said, "See, you gotta list, you gotta uh, read this book." By the way, Artem is like a book eater. He read like at least one or two books per week. So he gave me one book. He said, "This is a great book. What is it?" And it's called "Good to Great" uh, by Jim Collins. Jim Collins, yes, it's an amazing book. It's good to Great, I love amazing it. book. And I ask, I can, why do you think this is a great book? And I, because. The other books are all talking about like a fancy stuff, but this book was focused about like the long-term great company story, great company yeah. story. So it's quite rare. And um, uh, the the book is written by a uh, very insightful man. He did the extensive research. So take a look. And I read it and it was amazing. I got a lot of inspiration out of it. So that's why. And that's the moment that I felt like we got to start the business now. <laughs> I love it. So then, so then what ended up being the business model of Noom so that people listening get it? In the beginning, um, we had a lot of failure. Still, we are facing a lot of errors, but in the beginning, we were so naive, so we didn't have a good ideas. We, we had a lot of ideas, and in the beginning, we thought, like, how can we, how we can make um, the, the real impact on users? And uh, we thought of fitness. Like most people think about fitness. So, yeah, let's make some fitness uh, product. So that way we can uh, help uh, people's lives. And uh, we did it. But uh, that was that was wrong. Why? Because people, first of all, people don't exercise. And also the fitness market is so small. So we made a, we made a lot of prototype in the beginning, like, the currently Peloton, the ideas, we actually had it. We we built a prototype that comes with a touch screen and some sensors converting the stationary bike to interactive bike state bike. And we we built that prototype and I tried to sell it to the gym and I failed. <laughs> so that gave me the opportunity to think about like how hard it is. So at first like three years, we couldn't get any engine investment. Uh, we had a lot of prototype. I was hustling. I was pitching all the time. I could not raise any single dime. <laughs> wow. Wow. So then, so then, what happened? What What was the um, like that corner that you guys needed to to turn, you know, around to in order to really, you know, have something that, like you were saying, like product market fit on on every single aspect with customers, with investors. Like what so, was that? So um, we were uh, we were keep failing, and uh, we really didn't have any money left. So I was working at Artem's apartment, and uh, Artem was moon, uh, moonlighting uh, while he was working for Google. And then he was, like, supporting to, uh, I can keep uh, pitching to investors. But it didn't work. Um, by the time Artem, uh, Artem uh, attended uh, Free University of Berlin in 2005, which is uh, the AI research lab uh, at uh, Berlin University, and the team attended, uh, uh, participate AI RoboCop competition, and they won the medal. They became number one. So Artem told me there's a great engineer from Germany. So um, I I met them. I convinced two great engineers, and I also invited my best friend from South Korea, who used to work for Samsung Electronics. And I 
I found the founding team. Uh, so we all stayed together at the one one bedroom. Uh, so we stayed together. Uh, five people. It's, it was like a jungle, like really <laughs> five gentlemen staying together, eat and sleep and work. But we were facing like uh, we didn't have money left, so we had a, like a last chance before we uh, have to figure how we can survive. And um, we heard that the Android is coming uh, by then because by the time Apple already launched the smartphone system. And uh, Google was preparing to launch the Android on the platform. So yeah. we decided let's give up on all this like a prototype that we built for fitness center because it's so expensive and costly. Let's just stick with the software because we are all engineers. I mean, except me, I'm like a uh, journalist. So our engineers, including my uh, co-founder Adam, and we all head down to build a prototype on software, which is an application. And we launched as soon as the Android market uh, starts, and then we became number one fitness uh, app maker, and it was great success. And within uh, six months, we had a five million users, and that was pretty good success. Wow. And then um, the same year, uh, we got a I got an email from Client Perkins, and then they invested in us. So that that changed the company journey dramatically, and. We became a little, uh, a, a little more serious company than uh, the five men at the one bedroom. Got it. And what was the um, so Kleiner Perkins was uh, they came in. That was like the first uh, round that you guys were doing, or, or yes. What was the, okay, got it. That was the oh. first round. Yes. And did the was seed, that just like seed a, round? Yes. Was that like a cold email that you guys received, or or how? I got how an email from the partner. One line email. Okay. I still remember. I got an email, one line email. I said, "Like, um, I'm from Client Perkins. I like what you're doing. Let's talk." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Wow, that's one so line. cool. I mean, Kleiner Perkins, you know, like definitely, you know, one of the one of the top. So uh, definitely t- tier one investors. So really cool. So so because how how much have you guys raised now to date? Um, currently, we raised like an, uh, nearly a one uh, twenty million dollars. 120 million. Okay, got it. And you were saying, and, and I see obviously, you know, great investors. So, I mean, you were you were alluding to Kleiner Perkins, but then you guys also have Sequoia. You even have Samsung, RRE. So, what's, how did you, you know, here you are coming to the US, you have no clue of who is who. Like, how the hell did you build this network? Oh my God. I, I, <laughs> I hustle all the time. I hustled. And also, <laughs> my team works so hard. It's not only me. We work so hard. I mean, I have no um, reservation on that. I can say that from my bottom heart. We work so hard because we care about what we are doing and we are very passionate about it. And we cannot fail because the amount of um, the sacrifice that we made and also our family members supported us and our early angel investors is incredible. How can I fail? We cannot fail. So... I hustled a lot, meaning like I attended a lot of random events for VC network, uh, and I pitched as much as I can, and I took their uh, the feedback because they are very savvy and smart, and I shared that to my team. So we always listen from uh, uh, the smart VC investors, and I attended um, like uh, the events, the startup events, so I can learn from how the other guys are doing it. Not only the market change, but market trend, and also like uh, 
the new tactics, strategy, and they all like come and go. So um, it's keep going. Um, that's how I built a network. And obviously, startup network is quite like well connected. So if they like our team, our market, our products, then um, there are good people. They they connect me to here to someone else, and that has been amazing. I I, I try hard to follow up. And that's how I built my own network. So Noom has very interesting uh, investors, uh, like from United States, Silicon Valley, and Silicon Alley, uh, from Korea, from uh, Japan, Hong Kong, uh, from uh, Europe, London, uh, Germany. We have a lot of different investors. So I had to travel quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. And there's one thing that comes to mind, and I think that the investor lenses or the investor way of thinking, it really changes from the U.S. to perhaps say Asia or even Europe. So what have you seen in that regard? I agree. So frankly speaking, like, as I mentioned, like even before I started this tech startup, I knew and I expect that New York City is going to be the capital because New York City is capital of uh, the finance, right? So I expect like they'll... they'll uh, if I have a strong story and um, the opportunity I can create and I can meet many uh, different sources of fund, and um, it was true. So from Europe, um, frankly speaking, not that many startups are happening from Europe. It's, it's happening for sure, but compared to United States, I think it's still a little behind. So there are enough fund are looking for the opportunity. They want to participate early enough and be strategic uh, straight line so they can um, uh, be involved with a startup in, from the United States. So that's how I was able to get in contact with um, the the London based London based uh, the investors in German, and also same thing like Korea, Japan. They're always looking for global opportunity, and they're enough fund. They're very wealth country, so that's how I got in contact with them, and obviously the business opportunity as well. And of course, like Silicon Alley, New York City is now rising. It's, it has been rising, already it's big enough yeah. as a tech startup scene. So New York City, I was able to meet many good investors and eventually we got RRE. So I'm very, very thankful because they are the top in the New York City base. Yeah. And they've been extremely helpful. And also like from West Coast, like I got uh, Series A, B, uh, C, we got the TransLink Capital they are strategically very well supporting uh, our business and also they understand the value from Asia. So that was good. And eventually, lately, we got uh, the Sequoia Capital Cross Fund. And obviously, they are very powerful with a high net uh, network and um, extremely smart people with a lot of insight how to operate a late-stage company. So I am I am very uh, grateful. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how I can express better, but I feel I'm lucky and... Um, uh, we are learning so much from different sources of fun, yeah. so much. And and I don't want to uh, really uh, take names out or anything because probably you know some of them might listen to to this episode. So, um, but I want to ask you, Sergio, if you take a look at all the investors that you have, and you had to like pick the one that let's say has contributed the most, or if you could only choose one of the investors that you have, you know, to for another business or or something like that, what would you say made the, those qualities? What are the qualities of that investor that really gives you that level of appreciation and, and, and gratefulness? 
Do you mean name or do you mean share the merits? No need to name because we want to be diplomatic, but in terms of merits and, and ingredients that, that, that made, you know, that investor who they are for you and, and that appreciation that you have for them, what are the merits or let's say the, um, the skill sets or strengths that they have brought to the table? Absolutely good question. So number one, from my uh, last 10 years of uh, working with advanced capitalist investors, um, I, I highlight these investors. Number one, uh, consistent, uh, consistently supporting the entrepreneur, uh, meaning like company obviously uh, uh, experience up and down. So I really appreciate when the investors are um, uh, um, participating to solve the problem when the company is not doing well. And also uh, cheering the company when the company is doing well, like the, with the same manner. Those investors are like very good because they are not just yelling at the, to, yelling to uh, the, the entrepreneurs or CEO, just work hard. It doesn't help because startup is always difficult and a startup is always experience a lack of resources. So if someone else can just yelling to a CEO or the founders to do better, it doesn't help because when, when, um, when they are having a hard time, it's only like, you know, penalty has received just, they all need like a better solution than ideas. Right. So, um, uh, number one merit is having a great team player, right? So team player mindset, I always appreciate to have those uh, the investors and they became my life partner and I really honor their, um, uh, the way they really care about the, the mission and company. That's great. And number two, um, insightful comments because the startup scene is disrupting the market. That means we are also uh, competing with the other startups. So startups are moving fast and they are very smart. So meaning like if we are not uh, good enough, we are not developing our technology better than like the past, then we will become behind, right? Uh, out of yeah. the other available tech startup services. So um, the, the VCs and investors are reviewing the business all the time, the other business. So me as a CEO and a founder, I mean, I spend my time for my service and busy. So uh, probably... I may have like short-sighted mind or uh, the view, like, and I have maybe I see the tree very carefully because I want to build the best product, but um, in service, the VCs are exposed to the bigger market and they see so many portfolios and prospective companies. So they see what's working, what's not working. And it is so nice to have their advice and um, comments to have the bird eye view, like the to view the forest rather than just a tree. Yeah. So that's another value that I, I think it's very, very good to have. And third, as companies growing, it's different stage as companies facing, either good and bad, different type of advice requires. And uh, amazing VC investors, when we reached uh, to the, the high ceiling of their the fund size, and they help us to meet the greater size of fund so we can have, uh, we can land in well. Does it make sense to you? Like, once we, when we were preparing for series C and D, we were ready for a greater scale of the, uh, the, the, the business. So we, we needed to have a bigger uh, fund manager, right? The bigger 
the fund that operating uh, the VC. And uh, we want to have a right introduction, smooth transition to uh, discuss with uh, the later stage, later stage focus VCs like that. So rather I go out and build uh, the network from zero, it would be nice. And I, it happened to me actually, uh, well introduction, so I can have a smooth conversation uh, so I can save my time. And uh, when we need the financial uh, the support, we could get the right partner. That was the thing that I could get the benefit. So that's the key metric, uh, merit that I can point it out. Well, good, good to know. And obviously you have many investors from very different areas of the world. So you have your fair amount of knowledge that you have uh, gathered. So for the folks that are listening, to get a better understanding of, of the operations of Noom, how big is the company today? We have around 1,400 employees, um, mostly all f- on full-time. We um, we have around 80 people in New York City office, and the rest of our employees are, uh, are working from 36 different states in the United States. And we also have an office in South Korea and uh, Japan. Uh, we plan to expand our business internationally from this year uh, more uh, to a broader way. Um, yeah, that's the size of the company. We are um, the, the largest uh, the lifestyle coaching company in the United States that own the full-time members. Got it. Wow. I mean, what a what a ride, what a journey, uh, Seju. So, so I guess uh, you know, there's one question that I typically ask the guests that that come on the show, and that is, if you had the opportunity to have a chat with your younger self, let's say that younger self that was still in university about to launch, you know, the first business, the, let's say the, 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 the label, the records company, right? It, what would be yep. that, you know, based on what you know now, all the ups and downs, all the life lessons that, that you've been able to collect, what would be that one piece of business advice that you would give to your younger self and why? You are such a good, uh, like... <laughs> The moderator. I mean, it's such a good question. Um, I mean, can I actually tweak your question? <laughs> What's that? Can I actually answer at personal level and my professional level? I have two answers. Go for it. If I if I can go back to my young uh, soul, um, then I will tell him like, uh, spend more time with the father ASAP. Spend time with the family right up right now because. Um, I miss him so much. So I would say that I would tell that, yeah. um, professionally, I would tell him like the stress that you are having right now will not go away. So just face it and, um, you will achieve a bigger, uh, success than what you can dream. But, um, the, the journey, um, the, the journey that you are experiencing is going to be, Actually, quite beautiful and nice. But while you are experiencing the journey, uh, the the day to day journey, you may think like you may feel like you are in a hell. But uh, you will know that journey will bring like the diamond, the 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 beauty of the life. So yeah, it's all good. That's what the that's what I will tell my young soul. Super profound. And you know, just saying, speaking about about your father, you know, like that you were mentioning, you know, you finally never became a doctor, but definitely you are changing the space. So I'm sure that he's looking down and, and being super proud of what you've done, Seju. You're very kind, man. Um, you're very kind, man. It means a lot to me. 
seriously. Thank you. And I actually care about, I care about that message because yes, it, um, we are actually helping a lot of life right now. We are helping people to manage better on their chronic disease or preventing disease, uh, the, the chronic conditions. So I take a lot of pride and our new uh, members are very proud of that mission. Um, we got we to gotta build a better service than today. We, we, we got a lot of homework we have to do better. Got but thank you. Got it. So, so Sergio, for the folks that are listening, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hi? To who? To, for the founders or investors or whoever is listening to, to, to us right now that are thinking, wow, I really, I'm really inspired by Sergio. I would like to, to reach out and say hi. I mean, is there a social media channel or email or what would you like to provide them so that they can get in touch with you? I think email is the fastest way. I mean, if you actually spend this much time with me right now, and I mean, the, the audience spent like, and I listened, and uh, I think you earned to get my contact, and I want to know about your uh, your journey too. Amazing. My name? Email. Yeah, seiju at noom.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much, Seiju. It has been an honor to have you on the Dealmaker Show today. <laughs> my honor too. Thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity. I can share my uh, humble story. Thank you. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.